Our number one priority is to stay strong, Westcon strong, during these challenging, uncertain, unprecedented, and difficult times of crisis, stress, and hardship. Here at the podcast at WCSU, we want you to know we are sending prayers and keeping you in our hearts because we are all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paul Steinmetz with Pete Puccio, and this is At WCSU, the podcast of news, information, and gossip about Western Connecticut State University. And today we're going to look at uh, how it's going with online learning. We're talking to three professors, Bill Petcanis from Communications, Sharon Young from Social Work, Forrest Robertson from Chemistry. They all have their PhDs. They're all doctors. I'd like to make sure everybody knows that, but I'm on a first-name basis for with all of them, so uh, they aren't going to get mad at me. And in this three-part series, we will hear about best practices, how this online learning has been going so far, and why online is not the long-term solution. And face-to-face is still going to be a big part of what we do at Westcon, even after we're all doing uh, a lot of social uh, closeness and having parties and all that kind of stuff. How does that all sound, Pete? I, sounds good to me. All right. Forrest Robertson is the professor we talked to today, and you might know that Dr. Robertson is normally pretty chill. He often uses storytelling to engage his students in learning about how to understand chemistry, and he also is usually pretty easygoing, except about teaching. He is very intense about the right way to teach, which you will hear in this, and I won't call it an interview because he doesn't let me ask any questions, But he very definitely shares his thoughts about how to conduct a classroom during the COVID-19 outbreak. We edited a little bit because with distance recording, some things get garbled, but most of it is pure Forrest Robertson. Forrest, how have you found uh, online learning so far? Um, So if you don't mind, Paul, um, before we do get into that question, um, yep. I do have a couple of things to address the listeners Good. of this podcast. So um, first, I would like to say that I am thinking and praying for the entire Western community um, for, uh, during this uncertain moment in our history, right? Uh, I know that many are fearful, uh, but we will get through this uh, and we will be stronger on the other side of this. And so I do certainly miss all of my colleagues, students, uh, friends on campus, and it's a shame that we're not together. Um, the second I would like to, uh, thing I would like to say um, is I'd like to address all of the listeners of this podcast with regard to um, this whole transition to online courses. It's that putting our courses online uh, was done because of the pandemic emergency and not because of solid pedagogical reasons. What I have done with my courses was the best solution to a horrific situation. Just because I could put my courses online does not mean that I should uh, going forward. Most courses that fall under STEM disciplines should never be put online for a variety of reasons that include the in-person, real-time transfer of knowledge that in most cases is very difficult to understand and learn in an online format. The need to assess my students' hands-on laboratory skills 
graduate school requirements, medical school requirements, dental school requirements, and various other post-baccalaureate program requirements. And honestly, Paul, when I write a letter of recommendation for a dental school applicant, for example, I am asked specifically to speak directly to the student's manual dexterity abilities. So how in the world could I do that if I were not standing right next to my student when they were performing the experiment? Yeah. Finally, I have received so many emails from the administration and from President Ojakian asking faculty to be understanding of our students' challenges, as, which are real, as we go online and to try to make this change as easy as possible for them. So knowing that going online introduces all of these challenges, which are very real, to our students' ability to effectively learn, why on earth would we willingly convert our classes to an online format? I will tell you that it's certainly not because of what is best for the student or best practices or for pedagogical reasons. So I will say this, is I do feel, um, and I did know this going into this whole transition, is that this is definitely going to be one of the potential pushes and downsides um, for us going online, um, is that we're just going to, yep, simply just put everything online because it's going to be cheaper or whatever the case is and so forth. However, I will say this and make it very clear, this is never for the best interest of the student. Just like I said um, in the opening of my uh, interview is that uh, we've got all these emails that say how challenging this is going to be for our students, how hard this is going to be for our students, how difficult it is going to be, and that we should uh, make this transition as easy as possible for our students and be accommodating, which I have been, and many of my mm -hmm. colleagues have been as well, and so forth. But then why on earth, why in the world, knowing how difficult it is, why would leadership end up moving us to an online uh, format? It makes no sense to me. So, After right. this whole virus goes away yeah. and so forth, right? right? Let's not use this virus as an opportunity to then uh, start slashing on the ground programs and putting everything online. Let's not use this horrible tragedy as an excuse to do such a thing. So yeah. I'll just leave it at that and so forth with regard to my opening here, because to be honest, um, I do teach laboratory sciences. Uh, laboratory sciences. Um, I'm, of course, a chemist here at Western. Uh, but I do not uh, uh, believe, one, I don't ever believe any lab sciences should ever be put on uh, online, for sure. I think it's a, a horrific thing, and there's many uh, certifications, licensing, uh, accreditation uh, issues with regard to putting things online um, in the lab sciences. But I don't think that many things should be put online with regard to non-science. I think that there is such a, a loss of that uh, transfer of knowledge when you go to an online format versus being on the ground, that face-to-face, -face, knowing that look in your students' eyes when they are not understanding a specific topic um, and so forth. I just think that you lose a significant amount of uh, information as an instructor engaging the level of knowledge of your students. You just do. Um, and so anyways, I do apologize for sort of derailing the initial part of this interview, but I definitely think that it's important for to get that out there. And I do not want um, anybody to misinterpret me saying, oh, yeah, it's great. Everything's going all right. I'm transitioning to an online format. It's going well and so forth. And that's, that's how it should go going forward. I absolutely disagree with that. It should not go to an online format going forward. And I think that we would uh, seriously harm our students by going to an online format. So anyways, I'll get back to your initial question. So before spring break, so I was pretty certain that we were going to go in an, to an online format. So I was just reading the tea leaves, right? 
And uh, because I was reading all these sort of or hearing these whispers of commencement being canceled, why on earth would be commencement canceled if we were coming back after spring break? So anyways, so that Wednesday before um, spring break, um, I started working on these things I call my contingency plan documents for my survey of chemistry courses and my organic chemistry courses. Um, and so I wrote from about 11 o'clock on Wednesday night till about 3 o'clock Thursday morning, drafting these uh, very in-depth documents. Um, and so uh, these documents clearly delineated my plans for transitioning to an online format. The goal for these contingency plans uh, was to make the transition as seamless as possible for my students um, and to delineate my expectations so that they did not uh, feel lost or have to worry about what they needed to do and what these courses would look like once they were transitioned to an online format. So in these contingency plans, I discussed with my students, um, one, how lecture material would be discussed now that we were online, um, two, how weekly quizzes would be given and submitted, right? Because I'm, I, to be honest, I still have my expectations. I still have my standards. Um, and to be honest, I want my students to have as much consistency as possible um, going to online format as we did when we're on the ground. Um, sure. And then three, how exams would be performed and submitted. Four, how office hours would work now that we were in online format. And then five, how laboratory would now work for the survey of chemistry lab that I'm coordinator of and I also teach two sections of. Um, and I really didn't have to worry about the organic chemistry lab because my colleague Nick Greco, Dr. Nick Greco was actually managing the logistics of that. And so um, I can definitely go through all five of those points if you, if you don't mind about how I sort of presented lecture material and so forth. So, uh, so this is how it went. So even before we got back from spring break, um, some of these pieces started to move. And so I was uh, deeply thinking how I could make that transition as seamless as possible. So for lecture, so we do have um, an online platform called Kaltura, um, which is a recording um, software where I am able to record myself um, at the board. And so how am I at the board? Because <laughs> During spring break, I actually went and bought a piece of, a large piece of plexiglass. I screwed it to my basement wall. And what I can now do is I can record myself up at that piece of plexiglass uh, with dry erase markers, drawing out my mechanisms, drawing out my equations, drawing out my reaction mechanisms, and so forth. And then Kaltura also then allows me to then show the specific uh, PowerPoint slide that I'm on at that moment. And so it's very cool because my students can flip or they can see me at the board and they can see the slides at the same time, um, which is very similar to an on the ground type of system, um, which I definitely wanted. And honestly, it, it provides consistency to my students. The loss is that my students can't stop me and ask me questions, um, but I'll get to that, how we deal with that a little later on. Um, but anyways, I still feel like I'm able to um, still present my lecture um, in the best possible way, given these horrible circumstances. And so um, I actually have now moved to a whiteboard, a very large whiteboard that is now hanging on my wall because um, the plexiglass took a little bit of muscle to erase the, the dry erase marker from it. But anyway, sure. um, and so Kaltura really has worked out very nicely. Um, I was a previous user of Blackboard. I've used Blackboard, Blackboard until, uh, since uh, I have been a faculty member here 
uh, at WestCon. So there was really no learning curve there. Um, I, uh, for all of my classes, I always have a lecture folder, which then has the chapter folder, which then gets, I place all of my uh, uh, PowerPoint slides. And now what I'm actually placing underneath each of those specific chapters are actually the um, Kaltura videos, right, for that particular mm -hmm. chapter. And so I just post them there and my students can access them very easily. Um, and then I also have laboratory file uh, folder, so for where I put all of my documents for lab um, and my videos, as well. I'll explain in a little bit, um, for lab. Um, and then uh, what I uh, do, right, is I also then use Blackboard for a gradebook, which is definitely very nice because they can see their up-to-date grade in the class. If there's any questions or if I'm worried, I reach out to my students constantly. That doesn't change since being for, before online to now online, I always reach out to my students that were sort of um, on the line or in sort of some uh, scary territory with regard to the grade. And I would always reach out and see how everything's going, what we can do to sort of maybe change that trajectory. Um, but anyways, that's, so still using Blackboard, using it to now post my Kaltura videos, um, uh, any uh, lecture material, any documents that I need them to. Uh, have I post also my my chapter guidelines, my review documents um, in preparation for quizzes and exams. So yeah, so I'm using Blackboard, using Kaltura, and what I also do on Fridays now, in addition to office hours that I do on WebEx, um, I have Friday review sessions. And so for Survey of Chemistry, I have a review session um, online, uh, which is live, and it's worked out very nicely from nine to ten about. For survey, and so what I have my students do is uh, I say, please uh, just have your questions from the Monday Thursday lecture because I still have it. I release my lectures on Monday, and I release my lectures on Thursday, just like I did when we were on the ground and so forth. Mm -hmm. And and why do I do that? It's because I want consistency. My my students were with me last fall. They were now with me for, for the first half of the spring semester, right? I want consistency. Students want consistency, right? We don't want to now make this thing where if y'all release it maybe on Sunday and maybe on Thursday and maybe on Tuesday, right? You start doing that, those students aren't going to be, oh, thank you, right, for making this so flexible. No, they're going to be lost, okay? So give them, give them consistency. Give them something where that they can expect that you are going to actually post something at a given time so that they can expect it and they can plan around it. Okay, so so that's why I do that. But on Fridays for the review session, I um, have them uh, compile the questions. If they have a specific question, they can email me all during the week, right? No problem. But if they need to see something, I am at the board, right, down in my basement, right? And they can ask the questions. I can actually do the reaction for them. I can do the reaction mechanism for them. We can talk about that, that specific issue um, and we can resolve it. So I do that 9 to 10 for survey and I do a, um, a review session from 12 to 1. And that works out really nicely because I have a couple of students that are professionals um, that are coming back to just get this uh, organic under their belt. Um, and that's when they have their lunch break from work. And so um, I've been making it work, you know, so trying to sort of make sure that my students are taken care of um, now that we are online, right? I'll do my best, right, to make this happen and so forth. So that's how lecture, is essentially, how lecture essentially goes. And then with regard to weekly quizzes and exams, 
So what I do, and I'm going to start hearing a bunch of grumbling from potential administrators or faculty members and whatever here, but honestly, I don't care. To be honest, I'm frankly, I don't care. So um, with regard to uh, the quizzes and that I give weekly at the beginning of their lab. So on Tuesdays, I have my lab sections when we're on the ground. And now Tuesday, I still have my labs that I release. Okay, on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And so um, at the beginning of every lab, I give a quiz for each section. And so at um, 9.30 on Tuesday mornings and 2 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons, um, I will give a quiz. Okay, so how do I do this? So I will meet them all online so I can actually see every single person's face and so forth, right? And uh, yes, could they have documents in front of them and so forth and all that? Potentially they could, right? But I look at every one of them before I do this and I one, get their consent, right? I wanna make sure that they are fine with regards to recording and that they're fine with all of this and so forth. And they're, they all give me the consent, no problem. Um, and then I look at them and I say, again, I can't ensure this, right, 100%, okay? But I do expect all of you, and they're all looking at me at this point, and I say to uphold the integrity of this class, right, to have the highest ethical standard and um, to be honest about how they are actually proceeding with regard to the assessments um, of this course. And to be honest, I'm going to trust them, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's worked out actually very nicely, and I can get to that a little later. And so what I will do is for quizzes, which are 20 minutes now, um, I will have them start the quiz. And, and so what this is what I do is actually a really cool system. So they will then get online. We'll be online in an online meeting. So I see everybody, everybody online. And actually, it almost looks like a Brady Bunch sort of breakdown because I can see every little person's face in a square on the screen. And then I will have them go to Blackboard. And in the quiz folder, um, I will then um, release because I can make certain files available or unavailable, right? And so I will release the quiz um, at 9.30 in the morning or 2 p.m. in the afternoon for the different sections. And I will say, okay, so I've just released it. The students then refresh their browser, which then allows them to see then the quiz that I just released. They then click on that, they download it, and then they have 20 minutes to take the quiz. And so they look at the screen, um, which has my quiz on it, and then they have copy paper, just a blank sheet of paper that they then number the problem and then they give me their answers to it. And to be honest, it works like a charm. And so then uh, at the end of the 20 minutes or when they've completed the quiz, then I say for my quizzes, I give them five minutes and then take a picture and then send the picture to me via email, okay? Hmm. Um, and that's work. Like, I cannot, I cannot tell you, Paul, this has worked extremely well. My assessments are going very well. The students are doing well in this. Um, there are students, yes, that are maybe sort of on the lower end of things, intermediate and then higher end of things. Um, but to be honest, the grade breakdown, and I, I've done all this analysis, is the grade breakdown of quizzes now that we're online versus when we're on the ground. It's the same. The same. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this massive drop off the cliff. I haven't seen this massive, everybody's getting 100, okay, because they're all cheating, right? It's not happening. I see the same type of grade, some improvements, some going a little lower and so forth. But to be honest, right, it's exactly what I would expect if I was there in person, in the lab with them, um, proctoring the quiz, okay? 
So that's really been wonderful, okay, and so forth. And so, yes, do I have to sit there for 20 minutes and so forth as, as they take the quiz? Yeah, I do. But do I think that it's important? I absolutely do. Am I saying that every faculty member needs to do this? No, because I know that many faculty members don't want to sit there for 20 minutes. Okay, fine, no problem, okay? But I'm going to do it because I feel that it is necessary and important for me to do that. So what does that mean with regard to exams? Yes. So I just gave my first exam last week for both survey and organic in an online format. Okay, it was the first exam I've ever done in that manner. Mm -hmm. So uh, the I, I was able to, uh, again, go online. Okay, I was able to then sit there for three hours for both survey and organic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so three hours for my morning section for survey, three hours for my afternoon section for survey, and three hours for my organic section. So they all take it together. Okay, mm -hmm. not a problem. Do I think it's a long time? Yeah, I think it's a long time to sit there and so forth. But do I think that this is important? This is what I'm saying. I'm going to hear a lot of grumbling and whatever. Okay, grumble all you want. Right, no problem. Um, but I'm telling you, I think it's important for me to watch my students as they take their examinations and so forth because I'm there when we're on the ground. I'm there watching my students. So am I being more oppressive or, or uh, being a monster, right, uh, by actually observing them online and so forth? No, I don't think that I am and so forth because I do it when I'm on the ground, okay, and so forth. So I watch them for those three hours. They take their exam. And what's beautiful about the online platform is that they can privately message me if they have a question, okay, and so then I can, if it is just a one-on-one -on -one question, no problem, I will then respond to their question. If it is a question that I think the entire um, section and the entire class can benefit from the answer, then I then respond to the entire class, okay, and I then say in a chat form, I say this, this was just asked, blah, 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 um, you might want to think about this, or you might want to actually um, do this with regard to this problem, okay? So it works beautifully, um, and I will say this, and this is where the data doesn't lie, is I gave my uh, uh, exams um, last week, and I'm a faculty member that is adamantly opposed to curving any single grade. A student should be uh, given the grade that they have earned, right? The grade that they have earned is the grade that will be on the transcript for any class that I ever teach. So with that said, um, yeah, because this is where the worry is, right? That we're going to go to an online format and uh, the students are going to drop off the cliff, right? And that we're going to lose our entire section. Well, are we going to lose students? Possibly, but we would have lost students when we're on the ground, okay? And so forth. And the percentage is going to be the same. And um, so, and that's a sad, I don't want any student to lose, be lost in the class and so forth. Um, but anyways, it is a nature of the beast, okay? Specifically in the sciences. And so, um, my averages for both of my exams um, last week were 74%. So that's beautiful. I think that is a great average and so forth. It's, it's uh, right where uh, maybe higher would be better, always better and stuff, but 74 is a good average. And so for, for uh, my organic exam and for my uh, survey, a chemistry exam. And that is historically where it has been for all of the years that I have taught this class. So I went back, looked at my uh, the years that I taught it when we're on the ground and so forth, and that was the exact same average um, that I found for both of the second exams for both survey and organic. So mm -hmm. um, I, I was very pleased with this because my students, right, are now not underperforming, right, now that we've transitioned to an online format and so forth. So um, with regard to the quiz and the exams, I am I'm happy. I am pleased with how this is going. Um, and how I have been able to 
um, uh, ensure that the similar type of assessments are happening in uh, the most uh, ethical, most uh, uh, the best way where we can uh, maintain the integrity of these classes and so forth. Um, and so that's how those are going. So that's going all right. And office hours again, um, so I can have a personal room with regard to um, my WebEx um, uh, account. And so they know when my office hours are. If they have questions, they can always email me. But then if they need in person, they can then meet with me um, in my WebEx personal room, which is fine. They always have access to it during those hours. Um, and so we can answer questions that way. And then finally, with the last point with regard to um, laboratory, Paul, um, mm -hmm. is that, uh, so again, I was coordinator, I am coordinator of the Survey of Chemistry Labs. Um, and so I did feel a lot of responsibility for taking care of all of these labs because there are multi multiple sections, right? There are about uh, uh, six instructors um, uh, that teach the survey um, labs. And so I, what I did um, before we were now no longer able to go on campus mm -hmm. um, is we had five labs uh, left after spring break that we needed to actually do um, as a course and as a department. Okay. And so uh, the ideas that I have heard floated up from my colleagues or people on at West Coast campus, um, but I know it's being done. Okay. Well, half of the year has been done. So just as cancel lab. Absolutely not. Absolutely mm -hmm. not would I do that. These students have paid for this course. They need to have this experience. And so we need to give an experience that would be as similar to what they would get if they were on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, I also heard that we could just, we could just give them the uh, data. We'll just hand them the data, right? Well, if I just hand them the data, they're missing the whole point of critical analysis of the data, right? It's actually being observant of what's going on when you actually are uh, acquiring the data. And so I'm sorry, but I, I, I am uncomfortable with um, just giving them data, right? And to be honest, for four of the five labs that had to be done, all the students have to do, well, not all, there's quite a bit, and so what the students have to turn in are the data sheets. So if I gave them the data for the data sheet, they'd essentially have to do a few calculations and just submit it back to me, right? I don't think that that is actually um, beneficial. So what I came up with is uh, I actually videotaped all of my pre-lab lectures um, using this Windows, our Mac program. Um, so I videotaped all of my pre-lab lectures like I would do if we were on the ground. So I have all of my material up on the, the, uh, up on the board and I talk about all the uh, relevant information you need to know going into this experiment. So I post those pre-lab uh, lecture videos um, up onto Blackboard now. Um, and I've also shared them with my colleagues so they can give them to their classes. Um, and then what I do is I actually uh, go through the actual experiment. I actually performed all five of those experiments um, so the students could actually see what is happening, how is the actual experiment performed, how is the data obtained, um, so that they have some uh, context um, for those labs. Because if you just give the data, right, and so forth, they have no idea where this came from. They have no idea why you're taking this number and this number and subtracting it from this. They have no idea, right, and stuff. And so by, by going through the experiment, the students are able to have the data sheet in front of them, their data sheets in front of them, and they're watching me do the experiment, and they can then take notes. And I'll tell you this, Paul, is my students have been on top of, 
of the labs. And many of my colleagues have said the same thing. These students, right, normally took had a week to, to turn in their data sheets, right? They're now turning their data sheets in the same day. Complete, very good. They're done very well, right? And so, so we haven't actually made the experiments worse. These students are getting these experiments done. They're doing them well, right? And they're, they're turning them around very quickly. Um, and, and so about half of my class, so I would say a quarter to half of my class will uh, submit the data sheet for that Tuesday experiment within two to three days, okay, of doing it. Um, and so that's really, I think, an interesting thing. And what I think is awesome is that the amount of notes that these students are taking all over their data sheet is phenomenal. So if we want to have our critical thinking, our um, analytical skills honed and tuned and so forth, I do not think that we are losing a lot by going to this online um, format here for lab. Again, let me just reinforce what it says at the beginning of this, right? Is that do I think that we should now make all of our labs online? Absolutely not, right? This is going to be the best solution for a horrific situation. And that's a line I'm going to repeat over and again, because there is a lot lost, to be honest, when the student actually is not performing the chemistry. For example, right, if I think about the organic students, even the survey students, right, is if you do not have that hands-on, right, experience, I do not get to see your hands. I, in, in many chemistry and biochemistry graduate schools ask, how are the hands of a student? Do they actually, are they able to actually transform matter well? Are they able to actually do the chemistry well, right? I don't know that unless they're doing it, right? So you lose a lot in that regard. So when I write a letter recommendation for a student, if we did a purely online labs and so forth, I would never be able to address that issue, which is horrible, okay? Yep. Yep. How I feel comfortable with regard to survey and organic now is that we had a, a fall semester because survey and organic are two semester courses. So the, our students were, did lab all in the fall semester, and they did half of this semester, right? So to be honest, if they've done 75% of the lab and so forth on an on-the-ground, hands-on experience and so forth, that is fine. I can address those questions and letter recommendations and references and so forth. That's not a problem. But if you move to 100% online laboratory experience, that will never happen. And when a, a, a dental school admissions office asks me what, what's the manual dexterity of a dental student, I'll say I have no clue. That's right. not good. That is not good, right? Or if they say, or if a, a chemistry graduate school says, how are they in the lab, which they ask, right? I can say I have no clue. Do you see what I'm saying? So that is a horrible, horrific thing for us to sort of try to transition to an online format. So again, I am allergic to that idea. I am opposed to that idea, and so forth. And if that starts getting thrown around, just like it is in this article that I read to you at the beginning of this thing, where we'll have an engineering school here, we'll have a chemistry uh, school here, we're going to have an English program here, and so forth. That is horrific. That is horrific. Mm -hmm. So you're going to tell the students, right, okay, so you live up, in, up near Eastern, right? So to go to your chemistry class, and so forth. You drive all the way down, all the way down to Western, right? Because you have to be online, on, on the ground for the lab and so forth. So you drive all the way down to Western and you can drive um, up to Central and then down to Southern and then back up to Eastern. So come on, come on, let's be honest. That's, we're not making our students' lives easier, right? By doing that. Right. Let's just all be honest for this moment, okay? Yep. And stuff. But anyways, is, I will get back to what I was saying before is that the, the lab, the way that I'm doing them now, 
they are the best solution to this terrible situation, right? And so, mm -hmm. and my students have lost the hands-on ability of doing the labs themselves, right? And me being able to sort of assess that and so forth. But with regard to their analytical skills and honing those and their critical thinking skills, I'm still able to assess that and those are actually quite strong at this point, okay? So to be honest, that's sort of how I have transitioned to an online format with regard to lecture, how quizzes and exams are being given, how office hours are working, and how the lab is going now. Um, and so I honestly, I am happy um, given this horrible situation that we are all finding ourselves in. And I hope that um, we come up with solutions as a country and as a, as a world uh, so that we can sort of never be put into one of these situations again um, where our students really are suffering, okay, because of this. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the, the best experience possible. Um, but, but again, I think that what is happening right now in my classes, I'll speak for my classes, is my students are, um, they're doing well, okay, given, given these horrific situations. Um, and so, yeah, so I'll answer any other questions. <laughs> no, you answered all my questions for us. I appreciate that. Okay. I, uh, okay. I appreciate you know, that's why I wanted to interview you about this, because I knew that uh, you'd have some ideas about it, that you're passionate about teaching in general, and that you'd take a uh, strong approach to this. Uh, I appreciate what you said at the very beginning about uh, your concern for your students and everybody. That was very nice. And also, um, I just say I, I am in meetings a lot with vice presidents here and other administrators, and uh, none of them have suggested that we would go all online, although I've heard it brought up that other people have, have worried that maybe that would be the end result here. And uh, right. I've heard also our top administrators, including our academic administrators, say, you know, that's not going to happen here. Uh, right. Right. Uh, right. There are... I've read the same things you have. There's other people saying, uh, hey, maybe this is a good solution. But obviously for labs, it is not. That's the most obvious solution, uh, obvious uh, uh, instance. But as you also mm -hmm. said, there's uh, students who need um, separate um, licensing and um, uh, go through mm -hmm. different procedures after they graduate. They can't do it all online. Mm -hmm. That's right. Anyway, it sounds like you're making the best of, as you said, a very difficult situation. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. appreciate, thank you for doing that, and thank you for coming on to at WCSU with us. It was my pleasure, Paul. Really, thank you for the invitation. Sure. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bye, Paul. Bye-bye. All right, that's the wrap-up of our three-part series on teaching and learning uh, during the coronavirus, online learning specifically. We'll go into other aspects uh, next week as we continue to bring you the latest about how Western Connecticut State and its students and its faculty and staff are coping with this weird part of our history and uh, how we're going to come out of it. Is that ought to work right, Pete? Yeah. Uh, is there any news, anything going on uh Campus-wise? Yes. Yes, we've got a lot of news. There's a lot of um, virtual stuff going on. Let's see. On uh, the 27th through 
Saturday through Sunday, May 1st, there's going to be a virtual West Fest. As you know, we uh, every year at the end of the semester, there's a uh, West Fest with lots of performances and things that are fun to do as we wrap up the semester. This year, it'll all be online. Events will include a charity stream. That sounds like fun. Trivia, Kahoot. I don't know what that is. A magic show and much more. The what's on at WCSU email that you get every week if you're a student, and it'll list all the things that are going on. There's, uh, you should also make sure that, especially if you're a senior, you look for the career fair that is also going to be virtual on May 20th and 21st. I know we're getting a little bit ahead here, but uh, you want to prepare for that and think about um, the best way to uh, go about pitching yourself. And there will be other things that you'll see at the uh, What's On at WCSU email, too. As you know, Chantel worked on making that, uh, what we call the wow, What's On at WCSU, really um, engaging and more interesting. So you don't want to disappoint Chantel. Yeah, I just, I just got one in, uh, in the email the other day. Yeah, uh, so did I. And we aren't even students. No. And speaking of emails, if anybody out there has any questions about, um, you know, school and how things are going to work and, and what to expect, you know, over the next couple of months, uh, please let us know. Email us at podcasts at wcsu.edu, and uh, Paul will do his best to answer them. <laughs> yes, I will track down somebody with the answer. All right. I think that's good for this week, right? Yeah. And uh, we will be back next week with another edition of At WCSU. Pete and I will be here in our basements or wherever you do it, Pete, and uh, make sure that we get this great information to everybody uh, so you know everything that's going on at Western Connecticut State University. For Pete Puccio, I'm Paul Steinmetz, and this is At WCSU. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Folby. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at WCSU.edu. Thanks for listening.